Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. So rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly, Charlie. Let's go! First of all, come on, Anna J. Yes, sir. You gotta come up with your own gimmicks here. <laughs> gotta right. address this right off the top. I mean, I feel like if I don't, I'm probably, you know, gonna get somebody that says something. No, I, I'm joking, of course. But uh, hey, speaking of other other news, um, damn, how do you how do you go up two to nothing in the first inning with a home run from Aaron Judge, and then you lose the game? Aaron Judge has been silent this entire playoffs. Bro, didn't he get struck out four times the other night? <laughs> I, listen, uh, I, 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 62 home runs, legendary, obviously. One home run in the playoffs so far. Just saying. Yes, sir. And hey, man. best pitching in the game, just saying it now. Screw, was it Tampa Bay they always say has the best pitching? Fuck Tampa, we beat them. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Uh, this is a we are a pro guardians podcast here if you guys can't tell a little little baseball action for you but Garrett oh my what a week of wrestling and right off the top I just I gotta say this before we get going the Canada crowd our fucking our Canadians our good brothers our Saskatoon goons they fucking brought it they I mean hey it was another this was a rampage I I think it was taped at a different time it was something weird this is weird yeah they fucking they literally showed out I, I was looking at our schedule, too, and there's, like, four or five live Rampages coming up before Full Gear. I think there's only one Rampage that's not live. That is an awesome direction. I hope that's direction. a sign that we're going to get, like, a live Rampage permanently and also a longer Rampage soon. Because I feel like they've been sort of, like, looking at it, and you can kind of sort of tell that people like, are okay with the idea. Like, I think Tony even said, like, a week or two ago, that was uh, Warner Brothers that was more interested in doing that, I think, than him, you know? Um, yeah, the two hour thing. I think he wanted the two hours for the anniversary show, but then I think they ended up doing the two hours with Rampage Battle for the Belts because it was just easier to reschedule it like that than to try and move it around the playoffs like they had done previously. And I feel like um, it was a success for Battle of the Belts, man. It it, oh, yeah. it made it much easier because every other one of them, it it was immediately spoiled online. And, and, like, and Tony not avoid it. did a great job of managing to book a story into that with Pac. You know what I mean? What a great way for his... Yes! Uh, we'll get to yeah. it for, for the last week of his title reign to end up being. You know what I mean? Like, what an incredible finish to a pretty great title reign, but um, which we'll get to. But yeah, I mean, just really great wrestling this week. And uh, as always, Charlie... Uh, well, actually, before we get to that, actually, I'm going myself for a second. There's actually a couple of orders of Midnast to take care of at the top of the show, which is whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. Be that Google or Apple or Spotify. Make sure you follow and or subscribe on those channels, uh, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, you know, so you make sure you get this in your feet every week so you can listen to it and you can hang and bang with the best of them. Um, but, uh, yeah. And you'll get some like insight on stuff like I'm about to talk about probably for like an hour on on uh, uh, dark about action Andretti, even though I probably shouldn't waste oh that much God, time yeah. on that guy. But uh, I don't know when people catch my interest, it happens. So anyway, that being said, uh, you know, also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E and at Charlie. Excuse me, and at and and at Charlie and Charlie is at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. 
Hey, hey, yo. That's what I was saying when I saw the bunny this week. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, not really. I respect, I respect the relationships. But um, that being said, though, Charlie, we had some really good wrestling this week, and it is uh, uh what is it, evens or outs? I don't even know. I wasn't paying attention. But I know you have the bump. You're on the bump. You're on the mound. So, Charlie, hit us with the first pitch. Yes, and you know, plenty of things to pick from here. Uh, just. Real quick, I want to say, if you guys are like, what happened to the show last week? You know, it didn't show up till, like, nearly before Dynamite. Yeah, we used a different program. You guys might notice our audio sounds a little better tonight. We are using a much better thing. This is the thing we used in our first episode. And see, if you guys are like, where the hell was the show last week? It took over 24 hours to render. And it was an hour and a half show. We weren't going to go back and redo it. So if you guys did catch it, appreciate it. Uh, We dove into some cool stuff. But, yeah, this is going to be a fun one here. So... Kicking us off with the favorites, for me, uh, I think we might be bookending here. I don't know, but Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, I mean, Garrett, they finally got in the ring and wrestled their match, right? You know, a boy with his dinosaur, Jurassic Express, they've won tag team gold. They've had some of the most memorable matches in AEW, and now the Canadian crowd welcomes them. They absolutely destroyed Christian, by the way, with the uh, (laughs) Maple Leafs comments. Easy heat, beautiful heat. Uh, he said his, he had to guarantee the same level tonight and the Maple Leafs losing in the playoffs. And my God, I bet that hit people hard because you know they were the they were the team that was promised. I bet that was real easy for him to say too because he's been he's been through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look here. Here's the thing. This was a this was the David versus Goliath match, right? You, you know, Jack Perry compared to Luchasaurus. It's a it's a much different comparison. So they went out there. And I felt the emotion. I felt the emotion from Jack. I felt the emotion from Taz. <laughs> Taz, Taz was really helping us out there, you know, bringing Jungle Boy home. And God, there were so many moves I'd love to talk about. There was a sunset flip from the ring to the floor, and just so many good things. And. Yeah, bro, I mean, this is uh, so bad because because he got roasted for the Mets this week. You did that. I have a whole <laughs> I have a whole bit lined up during Dark Elevation against Taz, or maybe it's no, it's Dark for Taz. Oh, this is bad. Bad week. I'm sorry, Taz. I hope you do. I actually kind of hope you do hear this because then you'll probably make a comment. But still, <laughs> so kind of the end of our match here. It's, like I said, this was very. They got the crowd involved a lot, and I think that yeah, was, that was a smart move here. So towards the end, Christian dips from commentary. He goes to distract Jack. Luchasaurus sat up, like kind of an Undertaker style. Perry then was flapjacked and turned inside out with a lariat. In the corner, Luchasaurus got fucking kicked in the nuts, trapped in the tree of woe. He got crotched. Yep. <laughs> but escaped and drove Yambag Perry to the Yahtzee. mat with the buckle bomb and choke slam for the two. Perry then hit the t- tilt a roll backbreaker to a crucifix slam. Um, I, he, Perry then hit a poison rana and a kill switch for a very close two count. Dude, Luchasaurus uh, is just ridiculous. Like, Luchasaurus versus Wardlow might be, like, the greatest match of all time. That like, has to be what we're going to, right? Like Maybe. That would be it. Big versus big. awesome. Like, if we're building Luchasaurus Or him up, versus Joe, bro. Either match is great. Either match would work. But I, I think Luchasaurus and, and Wardlow could be something really cool if done, you know, properly. If the build-up, and it's not just a week. Um, the crowd really got into it when the snare trap was applied. Yes. Uh, I mean, this weird. Was... I think this match it had a really early commercial break in it because it was the first match of the show. I think it actually benefited the match a little bit, even watching it without the without commercials. I think, um, like 
watching it because I I saw it both ways just to be because I was curious. I was like, well, what if this looks like the other way? Yeah. And uh, I think it actually benefited them going into that commercial break early and then coming back out and being able to build up that momentum with the crowd instead of having to sort of like sometimes they feel like they have to just stop when they hit commercials, you know, like which is good. But sometimes you want it if it's a good match to keep the flow, you know, to keep the crowd going, you know. Um, yeah, and and you know, here's the thing: it, it just pays off so well when you when you how do you say this? Like take care of the crowd like that. If you take care, if you Give the crowd something to be excited about, whether it's, you know, locking in these crazy submissions or some big spots. They treat you well. They they respond back. So uh, after the snare trap was applied, Luchasaurus got the ropes. Christian briefly distracted Perry climbing the ropes. And Luchasaurus hit a super choke slam and a burning hammer to win. And this was a very fun opening contest. I thought the burning hammer looked great. This is not going to be the last time these guys wrestle. And... This was this was cool for Canada too because your first you know dynamite match and you know I'm sure they had some fun stuff taped for Elevation and Dark that we'll get into for next week but your first dynamite match is this first match between a tag team that's won gold absolutely and I think it paid off well so uh, what did, what did you think of this match and then uh, take yeah. some of your favorite. It's a really big pop for Jungle Boy, which I enjoy, you know, of course. But, you know, you just never know when, when someone's coming out in random random city. They've never wrestled on TV before, at least, you know. Um, and uh, that, was, that was good. They, there was a nice snap on the German suplex uh, uh, that they hit at one point. And uh, th- there's a really nasty bump that Jungle Boy took into the barricade that I thought was really good looking. Um, and he just, you can tell, I don't know why I, I was, I, I didn't actually write this down in my notes, but I meant to. Um, you can tell that Jungle Boy just likes to bump around. Like, he has a really good he time does. just taking bumps, you know? Bump, bump, bump I don't know around. how that's going to persist later into his career when he gets older, but I, I'm all for it now. If he just likes flipping around like a, like a, you know, a kid on a playground, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? But um, there there was a really, really great spot from uh, Luchasaurus where, I mean, they set up this table spot early in the match. I don't remember how early, and it's just kind of chilling there for a little bit. And they keep teasing, they keep teasing it. And then eventually we have Jungle Boy flip over the top for a sunset flip. And I actually think the move looked super clean. Um, I don't yeah. think sometimes when they do that flip, there's like that little bit of a delay and you're like, oh, they're struggling. But sometimes it just looks really, you know, silly because it looks a little choreographed, you know. Um, in this case, I think they actually timed it perfectly well. And it looked like that uh, Luchasaurus actually took a pretty nice little bump there through the table, which is getting uh, well, really Charlie, There's only one thing you can say to a spot like that. So Luchasaurus, you are the, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, sole recipient this time because you're the only one that took that bump. I don't care if Jungle Boy had completely flipped, and unless he landed through the table, you're still able to take that bump <laughs> off of it. So you know, uh, Jungle Boy, love you. You have to do some more to, to earn that from me. You know what you should do? Do do the bunny spot. Get somebody in some barbed wire with that. Uh, did he already do this with the uh, with the snare trap? Maybe he already did. If he I don't hasn't, know. he should do it against Luchasaurus. You do it against Christian. But anyway, Ooh, um, yeah. I love Luchasaurus, but Christian deserves it. Anyway, um, and then, yeah, like you said, the Crucifix Bomb and Poison Rana, they're both two way super athletic guys, so I'm not surprised by this. And I've, you just forget every now and then, especially with how the wrestling suits have me, they're booking him now in matches, that Luchasaurus is really talented in the ring as well. So, um, for a big and, guy, and so. To go to your, your thing with the table, you know, when you set up these big things, when you, when you have these setups like this, and you pay it off, and it's actually paid off as big as that, it makes it hit that much more. 
Absolutely, 100%. And uh, so I would say, really solid opening to the show, and uh, made me really excited for what was to come, and um, <laughs> and uh, Taz got me into it. <laughs> I'm sorry, right. Jungle Boy. That's going to be there randomly when we talk about your matches, my brother. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> It's got to happen. All right. So, yeah. So off of that, we have some news to talk about, don't we, Charlie? There's some some newsly news stuff, huh? Well, we got we got your favorite first. Oh yeah, you know what? No, we don't <laughs> need to talk about it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. As far as I'm concerned, there was no favorite. Uh, we're just pretending like that part of the show didn't exist. Uh, I think I blocked it out of my memory because it was so spectacular. We had the AEW All Atlantic Championship match. I'm just used to going first. I don't know why. In my head, I just remember those ones more. I guess apparently, but. Um, <laughs> Anyway, that being said, we had Pac taking on Orange Cassidy, which was set up last week, I believe. Um, well, actually, it was really kind of set up over the last couple of weeks, and really last month or so, because of that was the first match, and then uh, since you know Pac came back to television, and then uh, we have Orange Cassidy going around doing stuff and sort of being on and off TV. Anyway, that being said, sorry, I had to cough there. Anyway, that being said, we had. Uh, what I wrote at the beginning of this, before the match even started, is we had like we had uh, Orange Cassidy's unstoppable wave of momentum colliding with Pac's basically unbeatable win streak that he's been putting together recently, which I thought was really nice. You know, when storylines collide like that, it's a really nice sort of like both of them are on these unstoppable streaks right now. You know, Cassidy coming back from his injury and Pac finally getting the opportunity he's felt like he's deserved the whole time in AEW. You know, um, yeah, and oh, it's some good stuff in this match. We had Pac refusing to accept the pockets and the devastating kicks and taking them for his own and saying, nah, you won't get me with this, pal. I'll put your hands in your pockets. I'll do the kicks to you. And Cassidy was having none of it and just leveled him. And I loved it. That was good stuff. That's that's. I love when wrestlers wrestle each other multiple times and the same shit that they did in previous matches does not work on them, you know? It's great. It's good storytelling. It's how it should always be. It's probably really annoying when you only know how to do one thing, and so that thing is the thing that you do every time. I'm not calling any specific wrestlers out here, but if the shoe fits, then you know who you are. Um, sorry, I'm not. I'm not specifically calling anybody out, but I see it a lot, you know. Um, and so that being said, though, it's really great stuff. There was a lot of really great spots in this. There was a tope that was caught and reversed into a falcon arrow. That was a really great spot. Um, you wouldn't think that that would happen either, but like, these are the kinds of things that if you're going to wrestle two of your best wrestlers is now the third match that they've had against each other, you know, they're going to pick up on some of the things that they do. So this is all really great stuff. Um, we had, uh, a barely beaten count, I believe after that spot as well, uh, for the tombstone on the ramp. That's good. This ramp, you mentioned something about this, uh, about these sets the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, with like the Rams being different and stuff like that. And I kind of like, I, I, I don't want you know Dynamite set to be different every week, but if they can do slight differences in it to make these spots a little more different, you know what I mean? Why not? I, I, you know? love, I love this setup. The, the ramp was very long, yes, but it was a big arena. So Yeah, so it, that does make sense. And, um, yeah. and he barely beat the count. Then we had Cassidy firing up a locked in the Brutalizer, which he slapped right on as soon as he beat the count. This is a great sto- like spot setups, by the way. Like, just like, or whatever you want to call it, like, the psychology of setting that up. It's like Pac was just like, you know, I don't even know if that was planned, but he threw right into it. And of course, yes, and he knows what to do. The submission, you know what I mean? Like, um, Charlie, the DDTs are are still out of control. I, they, they were close to another Simmons Award this week, but I was this like, It's unbelievable. You know, I was like, you know, if I start giving it for the same spot from the same two guys every time, is it really like, what am I doing? You know, like, 
that's just the magic that they create together, you know? I have talked about possibly retroactively awarding them uh, toward the end of the year so that I have more to work with, so I, I'll, I'll look into that. But that being said, uh, Orange Cassidy uh, sets up a couple of orange punches in a row, and it, honestly, I like that, again, Pac not willing to just, oh, he's doing the orange punch? Ah, I'm not letting you do that. Didn't matter, though. Orange Cassidy set him up. He got the he got one orange punch. He hits the second orange punch. The crowd is going insane at this point. And Cassidy pins Pac one, two, three in the center of the ring to become the new All Atlantic champion. Charlie. I I gotta tell you, it was like six months ago on this podcast, I was saying I love Orange Cassidy. He's my favorite wrestler in the company, but I don't ever see him winning a championship because they don't see him ever winning a championship. Am I glad to be wrong? And um, yeah so well deserved like you like you pointed out their third match together all three of them have been magic there was a random fourth match but no one talks about it because George Cassidy was hurt it was just a lot of a fucking shenanigans so no one counts it as yeah, we should. it wasn't a real match but I just I the celebration the orange confetti this yes. honestly kind of surprised me I'm yeah, not even gonna I, I had no there. I had no idea they were gonna end this title reign this soon, but I'm I, I think it was the right move. Same. And we'll we'll dive into his title reign in a second, like we like to do in our show. And just uh, how fucking great was this, man? Uh, and I saw uh, Statlander came out after the match, yep. uh, not on not on camera, because yeah. uh, you know we're gonna save her for a big K-fabe, return. K-fabe. But she had to be there for this. And just oh, God, these guys create magic together, Garrett. I, I wish. I mean, hey, they are going to technically keep this going into next week when we talk about our next week matches with the trios title now. It's just like AEW. No, honestly, if they keep it going with the trios titles, let's say let's let's say because it's it's not really a completely out of the realm of possibility because of how over the best friends are that they could win both sets of titles. Now, would I want this trios title reign to be over quickly? No, but if you were going to run both teams double duty at, at the pay per view. For Pac and Orange Cassidy, I can't think of a better way to end this story. Yeah, and it, man, and you, and you I, don't I have to so... have them lose, I guess, for that. But I would rather them both be if, if they win those championships. I know, again, I know AEW generally because of the rankings doesn't do that. We were going to run this back thing, but the acclaimed and Swerve in Our Glory prove that that's a thing we can get away with in AEW. You know, yep. um, not that that hadn't happened before. I'm saying it, but th- that to me is like the most recent instance where you could point to and be like, "Yes, we can do this." So why not? Why not run? The greatest, like, trio, singles, feud, nonsense, proving that you can book all this together and make it make sense. I would love it. I'm, I'm all here for it. Especially because and just I didn't the, care about this title when they first announced it. And now it's one of my favorite, you know? Like, the, booking it well. And, you know, a real one last thought here from me. I, I just got to say, since we won't talk about these matches again, bookending this show with, you know, two matches from... yeah. And, and I know this gets thrown a lot, around a lot without having WWE guys here now and, you know, other Ring of Honor guys more joined on, on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Booking this, bookending this with two AEW originals, two feuds, but well, one being the tag match from the jump, like a tag team from the jump, and one being a feud from the jump. I mean, these guys, their first match was, they, they touched the ring together in December of 2019, and then their first iconic match at, I want to say, Revolution in February of 2020. These are long-time rivals, long-time matches, 
bookending your show in Canada with this was ballsy, especially having Jericho and Danielson for the fucking title, the ROH title, on the same show. said why that changed? It was booked and billed as the main event all the way up until Wednesday. It is, and I I think that was – I think it was awesome. I think that is the way they should have done it. This deserved to go on last over the Ring of Honor world title, and for so many fucking reasons, but I just think that was such a good decision, and it paid off. For not just because he won, but it paid off for everyone involved. Like Orange Cassidy is going to be fucking huge on Wednesday. Like his reaction to this crowd with, with this title now, ah, uh, so deserved. So yeah, let's let's do what we do here. Pack's okay. title reign, right? He won this at Forbidden Door. He beat Clark Connors, Malachi Black, and Miro for the title. Very fun match when he won it. And then right away we kind of felt different. There was a difference with this title. Because his first three defenses were not in AEW, but they were shown on AEW Dark. So, we then, he won it uh, June 26th, July 10th, he faces Shota Umino at Rev Pro. Awesome match. Just fucking, I mean, really, this was something cool. At OTT Wrestling, so the, the in Dublin, Ireland, July 22nd, he defeats LJ Cleary. At RevPro again, the next night, he defeats Connor Mills. And I had never heard of LJ Clearly or Connor Mills before this. And I, I walked away impressed from both of them. And then and then we go to All Out Zero Hour where he defeats Kip Sabian. We go to Grand Slam where he defeats Orange Cassidy. And then Battle of the Belts, which honestly was one of the matches of the night with Battle of the Belts, he defeats Trent. And then he finally loses it here on October 12th to Orange Cassidy. Every match got a respectable amount of time. The shortest being Kip Sabian at ten and a half minutes, but that had to be kind of chopped for time. It just, Garrett, I, this is a fucking this title reigns a thumbs up. I mean, it was this, literally chopped for time. The main event of that card was Eddie versus <laughs> Ishii, which oh, was all chops. Garrett, I just saw an update right now. What, uh, this, what we have we have to jump the gun on news. What happened? Anthony Green seen backstage at NXT. Bro. You fucking called it. You called it. Bro, I said this nine months ago. <laughs> no way. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Well, we'll 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 speculate about that in five minutes when we do news. Garrett, what did you think of his title reign? Van- very good title reign. Pac, honestly, one of the best wrestlers in AEW, will continue to be underrated because he's really good. He's just lost in a sea of really good wrestlers, you know? Um, and I think um, the association with the Lucha Bros keeps him relevant, but I think if they were to ever split that off, which I don't think they will, but if they were to ever, too, that it might really hurt Pac. But um, just because I think he'd get less TV time, to be honest with you, which sucks because he's really, really talented, you know? I remember, like, he's always been one of my favorites. I mean, there's only re- the only reason I ever cared about the cruiserweight division wasn't because of Enzo, it was because of this man, you know? Like, so, like, I don't know. I, I really would like to see um, this continue, this story. Like, I'm not ready for him to just be done with this championship yet. I, would, I wouldn't be against, like, does Orange Cassidy need to have a six-month title reign? Could Pac no. not win it back from him, and then we just continue on like nothing changed? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's totally the idea here, you know? Like, I don't think he's going to have it for more than a couple months, you know? Like, so, because I don't, you know, I don't know if this title is going to be long on anybody. It feels like the kind of title you put on somebody when they're, like, 
ready, you know, and you're just weren't, maybe you weren't ready for them to be ready, but you're not going to have them beat Wardlow right now. So you can give them the all Atlantic title, and let them run with that for a bit, go around and do essentially an excursion, you know, if they're a young wrestler, all right, picture this, Charlie, I'm just going to throw an idea at you here. I, I don't know how this would happen. Let's, I, I would assume Pac would have to win it back first or some other heel. But imagine Dante Martin wins this title and he goes to Japan and he goes to Mexico and he go. I mean, imagine the amount of experience you could give a young guy like Dante uh, with this title. You I know, would like, love it. I mean, even we just had that big AAA event. Imagine if one of the guys took the title there and we, dude, you know, and they would love it too. Oh, that'd be awesome, dude. I would love it. A favorite match from this title range just one that sticks out. Well, right now I have uh, my, my dark match of the year is a tie between me and Mashta and Thunder Rosa and Shota Umino and, uh, that you lost so, so I think for, they, for me it'd be that one. Okay, okay, and I'm actually I'm with you. It, the Shota Umino match it was his first defense, but man, that was fucking special. And then Orange Cassidy winning this one, great start for Orange Cassidy's reign. So 108 total days. This was a very this was a successful title reign, and yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that being said, we're gonna hop into our news here, and well, let's just start with that one off the top here, Garrett. Anthony Green, we were not expecting to talk about this, guys. This literally just broke mid-podcast. There's uh, it, Anthony Green and Bobby Fish were both backstage at recent NXT live events. Don't really care about the Bobby Fish one. Anthony Green, he's 29, formerly known as August Gray during his WWE run from 2020 to 2021. He is often referenced from us as the 205 Live guys. We often mentioned there was a core group of 205 Live guys that were working their ass off with no one watching. Multiple are in AEW now. You got Alex Zane catching his success in Japan. Anthony Green really caught your eye, Garrett, when he came to AEW. And what's funny oh. is uh, they, they point out he's been heavily active on the independent wrestling scene. That includes wrestling in NOAA, over 100 matches over the last year. He also worked eight AEW matches, including a matches on Dynamite, one against the other man there, Bobby Fish. So <sighs> Anthony Green backstage at NXT. We... I'm not going to say we, you have been calling this. I'm not, I'm not going to take credit for this. You've been saying he's such a perfect talent with the charisma. NXT is going to get him. And now Triple H is back in charge of the NXT. And he's, he's going to smash It's not Anthony even the charisma, Green. man. It's something I hear wrestlers talk about all the time. And it's, What's this, that? it's this intangible factor. Okay. I don't know what it is. You either have it or you don't, though. And if you don't have it, you can't just you can't be taught it. It's not something you either have that connection or you don't. And I feel like he does. I can see it in him, especially with the way the crowd reacts when he wrestles as a freaking jobber. You know, like like I'm not saying that he's not getting help from the people he's wrestling, but I'm saying that you don't react like that to a guy unless they 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 see something too. It's not just me, you know. Um, It's the universal crowds we were talking about too, because Dark was just being shot there at the time. So it's like it's like. I, Man, this hurts. It sucks. I, I it sucks because I, I remember saying Triple H will scoop this guy up like 10 times just trying to scare Tony Khan. Because if you happen to listen to the show or have someone listening to the show, they scare him into signing this guy. And he never built He just wouldn't do it. He just didn't see it in the guy for whatever reason. You know, he gave I'll give I'll give Tony respect. He at least gave the guy a match on TV against Adam Cole, which I think under delivered personally. Yep. Um, but I don't think that should kill the guy's chances. And now look, he, by, you watch. This guy will be an NXT North American champion by the end of next year. Yeah, he, he's going to be good in NXT. I mean, his, his often his rival in 205 Live, from what I remember, was Ari Davari, who is now Ari Davari in, in uh, AEW. There's just so many. And 
Oh, man. I'm just... I'm a little sad being that we're an AEW show. And, you know, we had talked about... He just... He had that... He had the factor. He had, the, he had it all. Yeah. And, you know, hey... At the end of the day, I'll tell you what. Fuck! If I hear he's doing stuff on, on NXT, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna check out whenever I see he's got matches booked. I'm gonna check it out because I remember when he got signed in Noah. I was like really excited because I figured when he got done with Noah, he's gonna be spectacular. Because anybody that goes on a Japan excursion pretty much comes back better, you know. Like, so I uh, really disappointed that AEW didn't somehow have this guy under some amount of contract at some point, like. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. That <laughs> you know what's crazy too, men. Charlie. You know what bothers me about this is I actually got a little excited recently because you know what just got announced recently. I don't know if you have it in news. Noah just made a deal with AEW. You know, yeah, to start like because uh, it's because Sting's going over there, right? Yeah, th- it's like a loose thing. I think it's going to be more like their deal with TNA, where like they kind of sort of trade talent ish. Not really though. Like, but I assume it's like there will be Noah talent that maybe challenges for the All Atlantic title. Probably, I'm guessing. Probably be Noah talent that maybe just shows up, like how we did with New Japan for a while. I don't know how New Japan's going to feel about this though, to be honest with you, because um, they're technically yeah. competitors, right? Like, I mean, it's not like Noah's anywhere close, but I mean, I would think, right? And maybe they don't care. New maybe Japan is also care. making deals with WWE. It's probably so. a couple, you know, the definition of one-offs and shit like that. So. Well, it's like New Japan also just did something with WWE, right? Like, so, whatever. You know, I guess I guess there's no rules anymore, but whatever. Anyway. Um, no rules allowed. So no, None allowed, but yeah. We've got so. a couple other uh, small things here. So, AEW has announced some dates and locations for Winter is Coming and Holiday Bash. So, Winter is Coming. Winners gotta love it. Winners coming will return to Garland, Texas, Wednesday, December fourteenth, and Holiday Bash will be December twenty first in San Antonio. Man, I hope Thunder's back by then because I would love to see her <laughs> wrestling at San Antonio. The, she was oh my god, San Antonio Tony Storm versus fire. Let's throw the match on the card. Throw it on there. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I would. I think that'd be great. But ah oh, man, having Thunder lose it'd that, be unlikely. I think. I think we probably know by now, right? But. I so, know. one of our newer AEW talents, Willow Nightingale, she is to make her Japan debut for Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling this month. Uh, this is she's she's really excited about it. It was supposed to happen in July, but due to visa issues, she couldn't. So she's heading over there, and she has shows October 29th and November sixth. So I'm guessing Willow might be off of our AEW TV for a little bit, but maybe they do the thing where she has a, a match against someone. And AW gets the rights to it and puts it on dark. We'll keep an eye out for that. That'd be cool. And other than that, that's all we got for news. Um, I just got the stuff for next week. So okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, right. let's uh, let's you want to take care dark. of uh, Dark Elevation for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. AW Dark Elevation episode number eighty four. First of all, interesting commentary team: three man Paul White, Daddy Magic Matt Menard, and Ian Riccaboni. Scumbag Ian. All right. Um, I guess they didn't bring that gimmick back, so I guess I should let it die. But anyway, um, but yeah, <laughs> so we had Sheeta opening up the show this week on Elevation with the Regina de Wave and the Ice Ribbon Tag Team Championships being sported with her as well. And she took on a jobber uh, named Erica Lee. And um, Sheeta might be a wrestling genius. I, I'm, a, I think I, I think I've said this before, but I think she seems to be like able to pull just a, pretty much a good match out of just about anybody, pretty yep. much like. 
Um, she annihilated uh, this whammon with a uh, with a katana, and she picked up the win. Nice little win for Sheeta. Uh, we had a little bit more from AW heels. Like I said last week, it's good to see the AW community team uh, getting some, getting some, getting a little bit of rub, getting a little bit of shine. You know, get them, get them in there. Uh, Charlie, next match, everybody dies. Um, Lance Archer murdered Papa Don, who apparently they, they must have interest in signing because he was on like twice in the same week. So, yo, they let him get a lot more. Off- he had a comeback, didn't he? Yeah, I was surprised like a, at that. There was a match here. I feel like Lance right? Archer is the kind of wrestler where he was like, if you start wrestling me, I'll wrestle you. But we're not going to have like, you're not going to look great in this match. We'll just have a match. And I'll, maybe that's how it is. And most people just, uh, but you know, he uh, leveled them with a really hard lariat clothesline, whatever you want to call it. And uh, as Daddy Magic called it, he hit him with the, the, the times three big squisher. Hit him with the big squisher. Papa Don, 45 years old. He's he's made his way in the New New York Wrestling Connection. So I don't know what he changed about the move, too, by the way, or if he just was like just murdering people on purpose. But uh, the way he's been hitting the blackout lately is like really clean into a pin combo, and I've been really enjoying that. Um, and uh, this level of like matches that Lance Archer has been having lately makes me really excited for whatever he's going to be going into, whoever he's going to be facing for a championship, be that. You know, John Moxley oh, sounds awesome. MJF, which I kind of hope that it is, because uh, I would want to see cool. what they would do with that. But the one that I would really think would be an amazing story for for Lance Archer to go after right now, Charlie, it'd be Orange Cassidy. Can you imagine the story? Oh they would wow, tell? there could be some fun with that. So, just some ideas there for you, Tony Khan. MJF would be great too, by the way. MJF just won the title, and Lance Archer's like, <laughs> but what if I killed you and actually murdered you to death? You know. Um, and then, then just magic, you know, cause you know, MJF could cut a promo, <laughs> especially cause he works at New Japan and he hates New oh, Japan. Oh, it'd be fucking That'd great. be great. There's a, all these are great ideas. Uh, speaking of great ideas, the next match we had on the show was Trisha Dora taking on Emi Sakura. Um, and is it Sakura or Sakura? I see. I hear people say both. I think it's Emi Sakura. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. And that's what Excalibur, I usually go with whatever Excalibur says, cause he's usually correct, especially with Japanese names, you know, but Whatever. Uh, the man basically speaks Japanese at this point, I feel like. But anyway, um, but yeah, there was some good stuff. We had a uh, little eye rake shoulder tackle action from, uh, and she would get a little evil laugh from the queen. And, uh, you know, we had some successful tea time completed. She got a couple of successful tea times on Dark this week. Um, yeah. We got Ian Wikipedia reference. Uh, Daddy Magic is fucking electric on these, man. Um <laughs> He really is. I don't know why. Whoever's idea it was to put Matt Menard on commentary for Elevation, I love you forever. But um, I hope it was his idea because that's just amazing if it was. But we had some judo throwing, which is good. Gotta, gotta love it. You know, I, I didn't know Trisadora was also, you know, or, or, and Emi Sakura were both like into the judo stuff. So hell yeah. Got a little Wii U. Excuse me. Got a little we will chop you. They. So I know the Queen's Gambit is technically the same move, I think, as the Deep Talks, right? But. I think they should just rename that that backbreaker to the Queen's Gambit and maybe just have her hit it like she did the first time where it was like super fast and clean and it just looked like it hurt a lot more. Because um, sometimes it just looks like she does a backbreaker, you know, which is fine. That's a good move. I just, I think, just make it a little separate. And then, but anyway, she more or less picks up the one with the Queen's Gambit. They didn't call it that, but it, we might as well because it won the match. So whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a good match. Uh, like seeing Trisha Dora get a little bit of shine. Uh, I think Emi Sakura just likes to go out there and have good matches with people, man. I don't think she cares that she's on dark. Like, she's like, you know, I'm just wrestling here. 
like whatever we're doing it and so i, I dig that some more hispanic uh, excuse me <clears throat> some more love for hispanic heritage month i really like this segment actually um we got a we got a little segment from one of the aw spanish commentators which i thought was really cool um i've never even watched I've, I've never they don't do the thing that wwe does i don't think unless have i just missed it when they do like where they're like and these are our commentary teams like they don't really do that so yeah i don't i, don't, I can't remember seeing it but that being said um we had another match on the show which was uh lightweight we had niece and woods taking on action andretti and kyle hawkins uh andretti okay this was the first match i was like oh okay who is this action andretti all right um and uh it's like a hell of a back heel kick from nice in this match Ooh, action to take a nasty spill on one of the spots in this match i won't give him that but and then there's like the angle slam neck breaker nonsense move that they do thing whatever they win all right nyla rose uh did she have the was the championship did she did i just not pay attention did she have it in this it was no this was taped before she took the belt okay yeah, Tony this Khan. is the unfortunate side of sometimes dark no, 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 no. Just don't show this match. Sorry. If Nyla Rose can't be booked on TV in a wrestling match that's not on TV, which she had a match anyway, right? So why even do this? That's just dumb. It's dumb. It makes no sense continuity-wise. And AEW makes a big deal about making sure the continuity is correct. Like, they make a big deal out of that. Whatever they're like, oh, storylines, they make sense over multiple years. This one doesn't make sense over 24 hours, Okay. Yeah, but if you cut her match, then you're going to get people all, you know. Why, cut her match. Why it wasn't scheduled. Yeah. I There's know. no it's, shot this was scheduled if it was taped before. So what? Ugh. There's a whole other can of worms if you cut this match. I'm not saying cut the match. I'm saying it's, you don't show the match. You don't announce the match because this match doesn't make any sense. If she did. Or, or here's the other option that you have, Charlie. Don't shoot that stupid fucking angle. Hey man, they took advantage. We'll we'll get into one rampage. I'm just saying, like, rough. This thing has so far. This storyline has done nothing for Jade. Okay, nothing, and it's done nothing for Nyla, and it's just caused more issues continuity wise. It's 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 literally an anti story. Anyway, um, we had Goldie, Brett Waters, and Logan Larue taking on Dalton Castle and the boys. Boys, let's break some hearts. Oh, I love this dude. It's so good. Oh, incredible entrance. Peacock of Pro Wrestling is here, this time to deliver. Come back to that when we get to the other match. Uh, Wet Brett. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. You. <laughs> I agree with all. I agree with Dalton Wet there. Brett you. Waters. You. That was <laughs> one of the funniest things. That, that popped me so hard. He was like, you. <laughs> when they were fanning him, it really got me. Dalton Castle. I, I kept writing in my notes, why is Dalton Castle not on TV? We'll get to it. Um... And the boys got names. I know they already had talked about this, but they're Brandon and Brent, I believe, are the boys' names. So Yeah, they're the Tate brothers. Absolutely. So Brandon and Brent Tate. Love it, love it, love it. Um, we got the bangerang for the win, and uh, we got a little tease on commentary from Matt Menard, dude. A little 2.0 and Garcia versus Dalton Castle and the boys. I thought that was a well-put tease, and it's things like that when you have Menard on commentary, you take advantage of it. So we might get that match next week. Especially because it's leading up to Dalton versus uh, well, no spoiler. Well, whatever. It's the same show. We're potentially getting we're getting Dalton versus Jericho next week, so we'll 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 get that. 
Uh, well, we'll get to that segment when we get to it on Rampage. But um, I love that little subtlety there. That's Matt Menard knowing what he's doing. And then in the main event, oh, Charlie, the match everyone was waiting to see. The match that had fans on their feet, Charlie. Brandon Cutler versus Serpentico. All right, yeah. so before, before I get into my joke that I wrote for this, uh, which is all I wrote for this, and then one other thing. Uh, Paul White made an excellent call. This is like when zero times zero equals zero. And they canceled <laughs> each other out. <laughs> this literally, Charlie, do you know what this reminded me of, this match, as a main event? This reminds me of when you've, when you've overbooked in my GM and your superstar stamina is completely out and you have to sign Mario Vespucci from the Indies to wrestle your main event star. And uh, <laughs> that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> like when you're out of wrestlers in my GM... And you have to assign one like some random jobber from the Indies to wrestle. Yeah, it's because you don't have anybody to wrestle. I only wrote one thing for this match, Charlie. Yawn. All right, and with that, take wow, us- you didn't like this? Boring. Wow. Get out of here. I thought they called it like it was the fucking Super Bowl. The crowd was super into it. Yeah, I actually that, that's was why in- I didn't care because I was like, oh, you're treating this worthless match that should have probably not even been booked, except for that you wanted to do this for some reason. It's for the crowd. Yeah, I I think they made... Look, these are two of your literal, probably the two lowest tier wrestlers that are signed. In terms Hold on. Of, Baron Black would like a conversation with he, you. Not signed. Nope. Wait, he's not the, signed? He is not. So Yikes. these two guys are like the bottom of the barrel. So what do you do? Stick them out there and ha- let them have a match where the story is they both suck. And the ending with the spray. Oh my god. Fucking... Shout out Paul White. He literally sold that like it was the fucking Super Bowl. And they were just having so much fun at commentary. I think it sold me over too. This is what I love about the crowd though. This doesn't happen at fucking Universal. This doesn't happen. This only happens to a live crowd because Brandon Cutler's over for being the fucking worst wrestler alive. That's his gimmick. (laughs) Yeah, I just didn't care about this match. All right, go ahead and take us through Dark 165, Charlie. I'll be right back. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and use the restroom. BRB. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Dark 165. We kick it off with Lance Archer again, facing an enhancement talent, Alec Odin. I mean, like like we pointed out, they're building Lance Archer up for something. What it is yet? TBD. Penelope Ford, Serena D, Jamie Hayter. They took on Jordan Blade, Trisha Dora, and Brittany Blake. Jamie Hayter is so over. I think... I don't know, it's, we'll touch on the Daniel Garcia thing in a minute, I think that's total wrong move with him, and then they're kind of making the same mistake with Jamie Hayter, Turner babyface, man, what the fuck are we waiting for, if we wait too long, we're gonna miss the hype, in my opinion, I mean, I don't know, they're gonna do this Nyla Rose thing, but this babyface Jamie Hayter seemed like the one to dethrone the uh, dominant blueprint of an undefeated champion Hikaru Shida takes on Marina Shafir I was completely ready to bury this about the first the first half of this match I was like man Marina Shafir is just you know Eve Garrett just alluded to it earlier Hikaru Shida she can go out there and have a good match with anyone but the first half of this I'm like man Marina Shafir what's going on it kind of all changes when she hits this crazy German suplex and then I got the brief I got the image in my eyes I'm like this is what she does. Marina Shafir is your fast-paced wrestler that you tag in for the tag. She hits these fast German suplexes. She hits her little 
over the shoulder, like fucking, uh, I don't know, I don't know, moves, but tackle. She slams him. Marina Shafir hits these fast moves that in a tag team would work out theoretically very well. So pairing her up with Nyla, again, you can accomplish that. Brian Cage with Prince Nana defeated Papadon. Again, the, I think they they respect Papadon because they let him get some offense again at the end here. But this was just setting up Brian Cage. Brian Cage is back. He's he's the machine. Excalibur lets us know every time. The reality. Zach Clayton. Who? Cuts a promo. He has officially signed with AEW. Good for him. Congrats on the contract, Zach. Uh, I think you've you've been given some opportunities and you took advantage of it and you got the contract. So at the end of the Can day, I say I love Zach congrats Clayton. To you. Love him. This segment was fine. There's nothing to yeah. do with that. The fact that this man was signed and that Anthony Green wasn't infuriates me. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare because you know Anthony Green has had so much more a success wrestler, in his and Zach Clayton is a reality star. I know it's crazy. It's almost like he yeah. signed the wrestler to the wrestling company that claims to be about wrestling and not about stories. Well, but if you're going to sign someone for Dark, I think Zach Clayton's perfectly fine. Again. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's literally like comparing apples to oranges because Anthony Green is a legit proven wrestling commodity. But I don't know. I guess they just – part of me really thinks if we had a legit true Ring of Honor show right now and we could get some of this Ring of Honor talent off AEW, that would clear out some of really, That's where I put but... Zach Clayton weirdly. You're like, oh, what? But you got to have some actual entertaining stars on there as well. You can't just have as much as yeah. Ring of Honor has been about the wrestling product. I don't think that's the product Tony wants to make. He wants to do something different, you know, so – Oh, he um, clear, yeah, he really does with Jericho now. So, so I mean, I don't, you know, I. And then we jump into back to back matches. Fuck it, back to back to back to back matches. It okay. all kicks us off with Athena and Gia Scott. We've we've mentioned Gia Scott before, but she has this pace to her matches, and when you bring out someone like Athena who already keeps up with that quick pace. It, this match fucking, this felt like a legit, I, I felt like Gia Scott was a signed wrestler. You could stick this on Dynamite, and this would have fucking worked. They had some great chemistry together. I think Gia Scott's going to start making my list of, you know, just like uh, Queen Aminata, Trisha Dora, the Renegade Twins, and, well, Willow's off the list now because Willow is signed. Bring her in, man. You can only improve when you expand this roster, and... Athena, you know, picking up another victory here. Lock hitting the O face. Uh, yeah, really fun match. And then we jump into an incredible match here. I, I this was such a fun oh, dark up, match. Hold up, hold up. I just gotta acknowledge something. So I, I love Athena. Uh, Athena's great, incredible athlete. I just gotta say, it is kind of hilarious to me that her first interview after she left, uh, sorry, joined AEW, she said, "Oh, I was really mad at NXT for wanting me to be a pretty girl and do all this fucking." And then her move is called the fucking O-Face. Get the fuck out of here, Athena. What the hell? <laughs> I, I don't know. Obviously, yeah. you like leaning into that too, Athena. You just didn't want to do it because that you're... I, I get it's weird that your bosses are telling you to do that, but it's also like if you're going to call your move the fucking O-Face on the indies, what do you think they were thinking when they signed you? Like... <laughs> I don't even know. Hey. Like if True. you sign if a okay so for example if like WWE signed Kate like say Kayla Rossi didn't get signed by AEW I don't know if she's like under contract what the deal is with that right but let's say she wasn't and then she got signed by WWE they know what they were getting into and they'd be okay with it you know what I mean like anyway hey hey fair fair um 
Action Andretti and QT Marshall. QT is one of those guys where he constantly gets over in every match, in every fucking... Everywhere he goes, he gets over. And he had this match with Action Andretti on Dark, and holy shit, did he get Action Andretti over. Before the match, he kind of gets mockingly to the crowd, you know, let has people chant at Action. But everyone's like, ah, come on. Really? We don't know this guy. Well, they knew him by the end of the match. And they knew him so much, even towards the end of Dark, he's cutting a promo talking about I was going to be here again next week. Or in the future, I guess. I don't know if he actually was here the following week. This was just some really good stuff. He reminded me with how often he went to the top rope. There's a little Dante Martin in there, and it made me think, Action Andretti versus Dante Martin? That could be some I was literally stuff. thinking the same thing. I think that'd be a great next... Like, if yep, we're going to give Squash or Dante really solo stuff. Squash, great match. So, yeah, these guys, they went... This match had no business being as good as it was, yet it took advantage of every opportunity, which is something we always like to point out with Dark. This is what Dark is for. Go out there, take advantage of your opportunities. Action Andretti, Gia Scott, back-to-back. They went and did it. All right, Dalton my, my Taz roast. To, to throw oh, yeah, on go, ahead, taz. go ahead. Yeah, so th- during this match, we actually had the continuation of the, I believe, or no, maybe it was the previous match, or maybe it's the next. No, wait, when was it? Anyway, I know I recently on the show the uh, the burial of the Padres or from the Padres to the the Mets continued. Taz no escape this week because he also made the comment that there was no love for QT and DC, which made me LOL. OMG, TAZ, what the fuck? <laughs> God damn it! Thank you. Uh- <laughs> I, I wrote that down. It probably wasn't as funny as it was in my head, but man, that was I wrote that down while I was watching this because that's how I like. And I was I like in it. dark by the end of it. <laughs> Dalton Castle and the boys. They brought it back for me right here. So I was good. Yeah. (laughs) Dalton Castle. Hey, man. This was was another fun match. Put these guys on TV. It's energy. It's magic. He was there to deliver the first time. Now he's here to set the tone, Charlie. Oh, yeah. And the reason he was on TV was because, well, he showed up on Rampage. Kip Sabian defeated Brandon Cutler. Uh, This was... (laughs) Cutler didn't want to wrestle. He kept trying to escape it. Kip Sabian played along for a little bit until he grabbed the can of cold spray. Cracked him over the head with a headbutt. Followed up by the signature hanging netbreaker. He talked Sabian to the picks box. Up the win. What's that? He The box talked to him, actually, I should say. He put the box up to his ear at one point. Yeah, man, the box speaks to him, bro. It fucks him up. And then, like, weirdly, Penelope acknowledged the box after. <laughs> It's a weird thing in their relationship, apparently. But hey, I'm he here was, for it. I'd love yeah, to see. Dude, whatever happens with that box. The box threesome, man. Of. The box in the threesomes. I don't know. That's some weird shit. But I'm, I'm, you know, maybe she, wait. You don't think she makes them wear it? No. No, they definitely do. Whatever happens oh, with no. that box, we don't need to know about. <laughs> then Action Andretti. He's too good looking. Let him be. Let him be. Yeah, Action Andretti, I think, could be uh, one of our next guys we see on Dark a lot and eventually brought into the fold good for him honestly if for some reason dante or sorry so darius i should say is not able to wrestle for whatever reason because he like it's a permanent and i don't want to wish this on the guy or anything like that so i'm just saying if if for some reason if because he seems kind of injury prone if you weren't able to wrestle anymore actually andretti may be the guy to replace him as as dante's partner if you wanted to be a tag you know i could see it i i I would love to see them together i i think there could be some magic 
we have an interim AW World Women's or well, interim AW Women's World Title Elimination Match. Tony Storm takes on Emi Sakura. Emi, wow, now I'm doing it. Emi Sakura. This was fun, man. Uh, there was a lot of tea drinking. Tony Storm went apeshit with the hip uh, hip attacks. Sweet cheek music. A little bit of spankage happened in this match. Tony yeah, there got was a little a- too excited. I mean, nothing wrong with a little spankage. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And this is a fun little match. I like seeing Tony Storm on Dark. I like when we have champions on Dark. It's always a fun little touch, like when Hangman was on it and Kenny Omega was on it. So it's it's nice to see. She delivered a Storm Zero. I, I mean, could this match have been on a Rampage or a Dynamite? Sure. But it served its purpose. And this was an hour and a half Dark. They they got some good stuff in it. This was a fun Dark. And which uh, the fun continues. We go to the main event. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel back as a tag. They took on the Factory's Cole Carter and Aaron Solo. This is the tag from the Factory I've been pushing for. I think these two guys would work the best together. This is, I mean, look, I, this match served its purpose, right? There was Nick chaos. <laughs> there was chaos instantly. Um, Seidel and Martin, they were they took to the fly as soon as the bell rang. Um, Seidel really kind of locked into Cole Carter. This is cool for Cole Carter, too. I mean, these are three seasoned professionals that he's with, and he's kind of the new guy in the crew. And I think he did fine. He's been doing fine in his runs in since he joined AEW. Uh, we, we ended here with the uh, nosedive from Martin, and that was on Cole Carter. And Martin and Seidel pick up the victory. So what's the plan with them as a tag? Not sure, but we're going places. Um, Yeah. Good stuff. That being said, let's jump into uh, let's jump into Dynamite real quick. So we already talked about the opener. We then jumped to Renee Paquette backstage with Ethan Page and Stokely. They informed Private Party and Matt Hardy. They have purchased the contracts of Quinn and Cassidy thanks to Jose, the assistant, and they are now part of the firm. Page challenges Isaiah Cassidy on Rampage. If Cassidy wins, Private Party can leave the firm. But if Page wins, Matt Hardy becomes part of the firm as well. This was very fast. Uh, but when they said the segment or when they set up like the stipulation, I was like, yeah, I, I think I'd be fine with either result, you know? Yeah, change up some scenery for both. I don't know That's how Matt Hardy will, will, will fit into this, but yeah, I don't sure. know. I, we need him as a trio, as a baby face trio with private party. I, I don't yeah, know. Obviously. The firm's all heel, so maybe they defy the firm. We'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. See. All right. War Joe time. TNT champion Wardlow and ROH TV champion Samoa Joe took on Nick Camarado and QD Marshall, defeated them fairly quickly. I mean, look, I, I think even the crowd kind of feels it. What what are these guys doing as a tag? It's still I don't know it what is it's weird. setting up. Um I mean, the match was quick here. Joe applied the Kokina clutch for a quick submission. Um post match, Marshall suffered a power bomb again, putting over Wardlow. I love QT Marshall. Uh, this was quick. I mean, everyone hit their stuff, right? Uh, I guess let's jump into after the match. Then we can kind of get our thoughts on that. Uh, before the yeah. Powerbomb Symphony can get going, Pristana interrupted with Brian Cage in the Gates of Agony. They have beef with Wardrobe for sticking their noses in business with FTR last week. FTR comes out. Dax lays a challenge to the embassy. And they can't ask War jokes since they just had a huge match. Had- <laughs> so they have the Toronto boy to team with. Sean Spears makes his uh, return. He's a babyface. Um, he had the 10 music. They're playing up the ter- perfect 10 gimmick again. He sends Solo. Spears jumps into the ring. He sends Solo out. Uh, a big rig hit, gets hit by FTR on Solo. But yeah, 
it he has returned as a babyface. So, you know, he'd been gone for five months. I saw he cut a promo after Rampage. I didn't exactly catch it, but I, I believe it's stuff along the lines of, look, I mean, he has stuff happening with his family. His wife's pregnant. You know, it just took some time off. So this was cool. Uh, now we have the Pinnacle and Warjo, a team of five. <laughs> so what would you think of the match, uh, That the slight match we had, and FDR and Pinnacle reuniting? FDR, yeah. massive pop. I think this might have been just a tad bit overbooked here. Um, so just too a little many, bit. Too many names involved <laughs> a little bit just to try and get him on the show. But, I mean, hey, uh, you know, it, it's tough because you can't really do the thing where you oh, we're bringing Joe back, so we got to send, like, Sanjay Satnam in, which is kind of what it feels like they did anyway, but whatever, you know, like, you know, but we had, you know, they tried to not do that and then they did do that anyway. And who this was originally supposed to be with, like, did Joe just forget? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Swerve Strickland. My bad. Backstage, Tony Schiavone's with Chris Jericho, Maminar, and Angela Parker. Talk about the main event. Parker called Brian Danielson a liar. Poaching Garcia to break up the family. Menard said last week that it hurt him a lot more than it hurt him. Jericho says he sees Garcia's little brother, but he hasn't taken his call. Jericho said tonight isn't about cheating. He's Lionheart. All will honor the Ocho. Swerve and Billy Gunn finally have their match. Max Caster, you know, did his big pop. Had some pretty great lines. Austin uh, Matthews reference. Had to, had to get the Austin Matthews references in there. Um... I mean, Billy Gunn is just so over right now. So. That's a little quieter than I was expecting, but all right. Yeah, I fucked up the volume. Fuck it. Replay. No, I think oh, it's Sister Me Daddy quiet. was loud. It was hot. Billy Gunn is having so much fun with this. And, you know, he, he doing his little strip teases on Swerve. And that, that popped me. I can't <laughs> lie. Um. Swerve is the heel, man. I mean, Swerve is money as a fucking heel, and he proves it week after week. The post-match, again, a little overbooked, with Mark Sterling coming out and interrupting with Tony Nese. They have a document in the USA saying Sterling now owns Scissor Me and Pro Wrestling. All the money from t-shirt sales goes to Sterling. The hand gesture belongs to him. If the acclaim do that, he will sue. Ugh. I Could just, have a cap of a storyline to give them start, but I mean, hey. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's just lending them up to Neeson Woods, right? Uh, what'd you think of the match? What'd you think of the the heat? And uh, I guess the, uh, the stuff after it. <laughs> I mean, so, fun match. Uh, you know, a little bit of daddy ass. Uh, getting, getting the, I love that it's his build name now. <laughs> daddy ass. Billy Gunn. Love yeah, it. right. But, uh, yeah, Osuzumi Daddy was strong. Um, I mean, I'm glad that Nissan Woods are finally getting something significant, I wrote in my notes. But, I mean, like, it doesn't really feel like the right story to put the acclaimed in. Especially because it still feels like they're kind of in the story with Swerve in our glory a little bit. Like, so, it almost feels like, a, oh, we need something for them to do before full gear. So, well, let's do that. I, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, right. So, all right. We jump into some more backstage stuff. We had uh, Marvez. He's with MJF. Asked him about the post-match with Wheeler Yuta last week. Stokely interrupts, says people 
you know, MJF is fine to do with other people, but not him. It's strike two, and if he doesn't take Carlton Banks' wardrobe off his shot, it'll be strike three. Stokely leaves. MJF says he has a story pass with Regal, and he doesn't know if he's about to shake hands of you to post-match. MJF to the crowd, and most of the locker room want him dead, but he has no choice to be the bad guy. If you don't like it, tough shit. He will be AW World Champion. He's a generation talent. This, I, I thought this was a pretty good promo by MJF. Yeah, he said in this promo, even I don't like myself. I was like, Jesus. That was super real. You know what I mean? Like, like goddamn. Because we all have that part of us that doubts ourselves. So he can really, you can say that even if you're MJF. I love that MJF, even though he thinks he's the best, still is like, but I don't like myself because I know I'm an asshole. It's like, it's great. It really is. Uh, Tony Schiavone's in the ring. He plugs the next Tuesday's AW's World Championship match with Hangman Adam Page and Moxley. So, yeah. Uh... Dude, this promo from Hangman. This promo was awesome. Hangman, so Moxley's, he's back. It feels good to be in Toronto. He said most crumble under the pe- most crumble under the pressure, some faster than others. Moxley says it's a job. You have to be ruthless, and that's what he loves. He mentions Hangman's name. Instant music hit. He walks out. He, he, he said he wants to say whatever he's going to say to Moxley to his face. Paige said last week that Moxley said the... Page said last week what Moxley said meant the world to him. Puts Moxley over as a great champion, father and husband. You know, he's doing all the good shenanigans. They they cut to MJF watching above with a poker chip. I understand why they do this. I don't I don't know if this promo needed it. Page ignores him, asks Moxley if he views him as a kid. Moxley agrees. He does view him as a kid. He said he doesn't view Page as the same guy who knocked him off a ladder one year ago. He doesn't think Page has the guts to pull the trigger to do what it takes to win. Sheesh. Page said he's not the same guy. He went for the trios title with his best friends. His old friends have disappeared. He's anxious, depressed, but he's still here as a man. Like Moxley, he's lost loved ones. But as a father and a husband, started started punching himself and yelling in the face that he's a man. Um, he doesn't care that Moxley's family's there next week. He's going to do whatever it takes to win the title back. He will be the next AEW World Champion. Garrett, the one thing I didn't like, while he's cutting this great promo, the crowd starts chanting MJF. Again, I think that's a sign of, of showing him in the crowd. I don't think they would have done that if they didn't show him. Um, maybe they would have. I, I don't know that. That's that's spectating. It's pondering there. I uh, Yeah, look, I mean, I mean he, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I mean, MJF is involved in this story. So. He is. He is. But I got to just say, Hangman cut a hell of a promo here. Absolutely. His line about the medicine not working was awesome. It, yeah. It, it, you felt the passion. You feel like he wants this match. I think these guys are going to go out and have a hell of a show next week. What would you, ma- you think of the promo here and uh, I guess our buildup for next week? Really great stuff. You know, for a short term having to be booked last minute feud because these are the only two real major world champion stars that aren't Jericho who's tied up with the Ring of Honor right now and Danielson who's tied up with the Ring of Honor right now. So, you know. I'm not, I was just Daniels wasn't a champion, but he seems like a no-brainer for the champion, you know? Um, yeah. And you could have run that story, too. I mean, they, these two technically do have history, right? Danielson and, and we already saw them wrestle for the title recently, and it's, you know, 2-0 and in AW to, to Moxley so far. So, you know, there's a story there if you want to tell that, but we're not there yet. So um, so this, as the, as the short-term booking decision that Tony made at the time, I didn't agree with it, especially because of how connected Hangman was with all this. But it seems like it's the only right decision you could have made. Like you would have had to have brought in an outside star, probably, honestly, and signed them to AEW, which you could have done. And you have a couple of signings recently you could have pulled that with Bandito. 
uh, well, I don't know if Bandit is actually officially assigned, but you know, at least we know of uh, Rouge, <clears throat> Rouge, excuse me, and uh, you know, so they could have gone that way, but they decided not to. Um, and so I'm really excited to see how this match turns out. And Hangman just continuing to improve week to week. Every time we see him, he seems like he gets better. So, you know, um, not that he's not there. I just think that, um, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to see what they do next. Uh, especially because there's no reason why, I mean, people are probably going to say that I'm crazy for saying this. There's no reason why Hangman couldn't win this championship off of, off Agreed. of, yeah, Marks, no, you know, he, like, he definitely so. could depending, especially with the way the story is being booked right now with how passionate he is. So we jump into Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson for the Ring of Honor World Title. Uh, look, I mean, this match, I don't, this was not their best match together. This this was a perfectly fine match. It covered what it needed to. Ian Riccoboni and William Regal joined commentary. Uh, Danielson kicked away the handshake from Jericho. So they got going. The match was, you know, it was doing what it had to do. Jericho, I mean, how do we do this? Paul Turner was pulled into Danielson, took a bump. Jericho and Danielson collided as Menard threw the ROH title to Jericho. Daniel Garcia hits the ring, rips away, whips, rips away the title from Jericho. Jericho gets shoved into the uh, knee from Danielson, turned, was clobbered with the ROH title by Garcia. So Danielson gets clobbered by the title by uh, by Garcia. Post match, Garcia hands the title to Jericho, cheers with the pure title. Yuta hit the ring with Regal. They had a stare down with Garcia. Uh, I mean. Danny Garcia back with Jericho. We're not doing the tag. He's not joining the combat club. Unless this is all an inside job, but I doubt he... Good. I, I don't know. I don't know if you do an inside job agreeing to take a title to the head. Especially with Danielson's history of, of NKFA yeah. even of, of, of head injuries. You know what? Yeah, so I guess anything from the match and uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of Garcia doing this. I, 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 don't, I don't dig it. It's just uh, it seems like we're going back. And we don't need to. So um, think of I mean, Garcia I think it's clearly obvious that he wasn't ready to pull the trigger on Daniel Garcia in the in the Blackpool combat. But we'll get there eventually. It's like uh, Brian Alvarez has been pointing this out recently. AEW takes way too damn long to do anything. So if you were expecting this to be something that they just did, and then it was all right, now this is how it is. The reason why that was so shocking with the Danielson. Honestly, I think the only reason why the Danielson Mox thing progressed as quickly as it did into the Black Bull Combat Club is because the two of them were pushing for it so hard and you wanted to book them. I don't think he sees Daniel Garcia the same way, unfortunately. So Yeah. And I can see that. He has kind of treated him as secondary to Jericho in this whole thing. And that's I think why a lot of fans were excited to see him go and join the Black Bull Combat Club, because in the BCC you kind of just do your own thing and you can get away with that and it's fine. And while they're all five individual wrestlers, they just happen to tag together occasionally, you know, like so and then you have the the the, the glue in, in William Regal. But Honestly, I kind of agree with the Blackpool Combat Club's take on this, which is I don't think we need new people yet. I think we've got plenty of people that had to join very quickly because of circumstances. Um, Wheeler just being over and everyone wanting it, and then Claudio needing to fill the slot for Danielson. I did, you know, it just needed to happen the way that it did. Otherwise, I think maybe we would have gotten, instead of Claudio, probably Garcia. But I think the way things went, that's unfortunately how things went. So... I don't put this on Tony necessarily. I think this is just how it ended up going. Because if he had, because I'm gonna be honest with you, I feel like it would feel a little overcrowded with Garcia in there. So it could, yeah. And it's just I mean, like look, magic yeah, thing they got right could. now. So you know, like, do you really want to mess with that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. 
So uh, we jump backstage with Renee Paquette. She's with Nyla Rose, Marie Shafir, and Vicky. Uh, Nyla makes a Judge Dredd reference and says she is the law, holding the TBS title. Anna Jay interrupts, challenges for a title match on Friday for a title that isn't even hers. Nyla accepts. Wasn't actually a title match. It wasn't billed as a title match. They're not doing that. But yeah, Nyla and Anna Jay for Rampage. Uh, AW, so as we do with the women's, they're back-to-back segments. AW Interim Women's Champion Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida take on Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. The crowd, again, vocally behind Jamie Hayter. Um, Hayter has a very fast opening sequence with Hikaru Shida. Storm makes a quick tag, beats down Hayter. Look, uh, Baker actually shut down the Sweet Cheek music. What the fuck is your problem? Um, Hater <laughs> clobbered Storm with a running boot. And yeah, we, we jumped at commercial. So yeah, there's there's some shenanigans afoot. Long story short, Storm ends up hitting a corner tornado DDT and a Storm Zero on Baker. Hater tackles Storm on Ashita making the cover. Hater was sent outside where Storm hit another tornado DDT. Baker briefly had the lockjaw on Sheeta. And I, I love seeing Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida in the ring together again. It just it takes me back to their awesome little feud. And I thought when the Women's World title was with Sheeta and went to Baker, it was a really fun time. So Sheeta hit the spinning Falcon Arrow on Baker. Both ladies traded pin attempts until Sheeta got a high stack for the Flash win. This was action-packed. That's the best thing I can say. Tony Storm had some really win. cool gear, too. I liked that. And this win, as we know, it elevated getting Sheeta into the women's title picture. So she has a title match next week. If this was for the actual title, I would feel a little more uh, inclined that maybe Sheeta has a win. But I just don't believe anyone's going to win an interim title. I don't think AEW is going to do that. So They'll do it eventually. It'll be like one of the – it'll probably be like there'll be an interim All-Atlantic champion at some point. Everyone will be like, ah, we don't really care, you know, because it's, it's the All-Atlantic. Yeah, could have just put that they, on somebody else, do, you know, like – but, Definitely, they could do something like that. But Garrett, what did you think of this fucking high action, fast paced tag match? And I think all four involved look good here, and it looks good on them. Yeah, I think it. Uh, it's like a lot of the matches, you know. Like I think it's just unfortunately where they get placed in the in the card is that a lot of times they end up with a commercial break like pretty early on in the match. But as soon as it comes out of the commercial break, um, it picks up really fast. And like you said, you hit this sequence of signature moves and back and forth and a little bit of shenanigans from the outside a little bit sort of ish kind of you know um and uh you know Sheeta i think picks up a massive win here i don't feel like Sheeta's on tv just to pick up one massive win and then be off tv for like three months but hey i mean i'm here for it i guess if we can get back to an era Sheeta world champion my god i would love it all in all i thought uh dynamite was solid again the crowd took us home Nothing I truly disliked in terms of matches. I, I didn't, you know, a couple of the segments I didn't agree with, but uh, as a, as always, I'm open to see how it gets played out. So let's jump into Rampage, huh? We kick it off with Rampage. This is Rampage, baby. <laughs> Rampage, baby. AW World Champion John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli take on the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny. Who? This was uh sorry, I'm not bringing that back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this match, it, this match was definitely run of the mill. Um, nothing too crazy. This was just Moxley and Claudio wrestling as a tag. You know, shout out the crowd. Hey, our world champions here. He's wrestling. Claudio looked good. Butcher the Blade were over in Canada, dude. Holy shit! And, I mean, you know, 
It was yeah, nice to see, though, right? It's kind of a change of pace. The bunny's Canadian. I th- I don't know if the blade is, but I yeah, assume. I actually don't know that. But they were over. Um, but at the very least, you had you had the you had the bunny out there rocking rocking the Toronto colors, you know? Yeah. So Claudio hits the uh, what is it? The Ricola bomb. The Ricola bomb. Ricola bomb. Ricola. <laughs> While Moxley gave the Death Rider to Blade, and Castanoli got the pin. Good for him. Well-deserved. Quick quick match to open up Rampage again. Entrance is cut. Entrance is on YouTube. So, they cut a brief promo after the match. I don't really get all of what it was. It was more along, something along the lines of, like, you know, the, we're here. If you step in the ring with us, you're going to get your ass whooped. Oh, yeah. The, the big line was, tell Claudio, tell him what's going to happen if, you know, if he doesn't get step if he doesn't step up in this match. Says you're gonna get stepped on, son. I liked it. It was well done. Good well, stuff. Yeah. Renee Paquette interviews Swerve and Keith Lee. Strickland tried to make plight. You know, he tried to make light of a claim losing scissoring to Mark Sterling. Lee took issue to how Swerve had to cheat to beat Billy Gunn on Wednesday. Yeah, you kind of put him on blast a little bit, man. A little bit of He's, heat he, there. He, I think his line was something along the lines of "You're swerving into the wrong lane." Yeah. Okay. We might have this Lee might... versus hey, we might have Lee versus Swerve at at full gear instead of acclaimed. We, instead of them running that back, they may run that back instead. You just don't cool. know. Yeah, let's acclaimed can defend you... the tag titles on the pre-show against Tony Nese and, and 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 Josh Woods. That could happen, Charlie. We could live in that world. We're back. We hit commercial. We go backstage again. Renee is interviewing the Dark Order. But I love seeing Renee back here. So it feels like she's. Well, it feels like now Tony Schiavone doesn't have to run back and forth 15 times a show between yes. commentators. Tony Schiavone should no longer be, have to do these interviews. He can do he can still do them if he wants to. I actually would like – I like him being part of the, the group with Britt Baker. I just – you know, like not every five minutes that we can get an interview, you know, like. So Dark Order's back there. They get inter- interrupted by Jose. Ten is challenged. Roosh for next week. And if ten wins, then Roosh and Jose have to leave the Dark Order alone. They put their hands in, do their, or not my bad, it's not hands. They put their claws in. Stu Grayson puts his claw in last. Good reaction from the crowd. Mm-hmm. He's returned for at least one night. Um, I guess there isn't word on if this is permanent, but it sounds like he's back. Uh, uh, no one's really it, heard it, why one would, thing from Why put it on TV if he's not back? Right? Exactly. Like, it, why put it on TV and not even in the ring if he's not back? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And look. We're not the first ones to tell you this. The Dark Order have had a little bit of a dry spell since these guys have left between yeah. Angels and him. They had their insane match at uh, the last pay-per-view, blanking on its name. But that was it. And But him and Hangman was in the match. He's, he's not even technically in the Dark Order. So, it was uh, all out, I believe. There it is, all out. I, I think this is good. And especially if Ten ends up leaving now, you can go. You can have Grace. You can have Stu and Uno with Hungy and Sil- and Reynolds. Hungy, Hungy, Jericho Appreciation Society versus Orange Cassidy action for the title. I would buy that match totally, hundred percent. Did ten ways on Sunday. Jericho Appreciation Society's cutting an in ring promo together again. No Sammy and Ty Mello. So. Uh, Everyone's kind of, you know, doing their praises. Danny Garcia's putting his thumbs, his fists in the air like he does because he's now a sports entertainer. The crowd chants, you're a wrestler at Garcia anyways. Um, he revisits our favorite quote. 
And my uh, name is play Daniel it. Garcia, and I am a sports entertainer. He's now said it twice. He, it sounded very similar to that. That was the first one. Yep. Look. It literally sounded like I was like, he, damn, he got the intonation down perfectly. I wonder yeah. if he like, looked back at it, like, or if he just knows how to, if it's the way he talks, you know, maybe, but like. But let's be honest. All of that, even with the NJ gimmick infringement on the Eat Sleep Elite podcast. Uh. <laughs> Jericho's interrupted by Dalton Castle. Bring me yeah. a bot! What's the entrance? Boys? I forget. It's something beautiful. His first line, it's. At... Oh. Well, he's, he does a different thing every time, but like this recent time, it was boys, let's break some hearts, and I was just like, oh, let's fucking go. The peacock power he called Jericho a stupid, silly, naive little goose. Little goose? The the, ch- the crowd was chanting for him. I mean, he is fucking over. And this just kind of goes along the lines of, I felt like everyone was having fun at Rampage. And that Absolutely. continues throughout the night. It, it, everyone was having fun. Hell yeah. That's what we like to see. Wrestling should be fun. It shouldn't be Wrestling fucking should stupid. Be fun. It shouldn't be fist fights in the backstage with your EVPs. It should be actually fun. Or exactly. I mean, you shouldn't be getting. No one should be fighting. Come on, guys. All honor the Ocho. I mean, Andrade Castle, can fight. I'm fine with it. He can. Be does Castle up. have a shot in hell at this? No, but it's going to be a great match. Agreed. And we don't, Jericho. He's going to put Castle over. Oh, big time. He did it with fucking Bandito, dude. Imagine what he can do for this guy who's got incredible charisma. I'll tell you what. If we lose out on Anthony Green, but we bring in Dalton Castle into the fold permanently. Good trade. I'm for it, I'm okay but I'm also it. really pissed about Anthony Green still. I can, I can live with, if we had to pick, you know, if there's some kind of trade-off, I'll take it. Um, our, We jump into our ladies segment, our women's segment. Nyla Rose with Marina Shapiro and Vicky Guerrero defeated Anna J.A.S., who was out there with Angelo and Matt Menard. So, uh, Nyla Rose is seen carrying her, her TBS championship belt, and Anna J.A.S. wins. She will get the belt. So, not actually for the title, of course. This is, I mean, the match is not the story here. The match was pretty quick. This was Nyla Rose, again, asserting dominance, because it's Nyla Rose. It's what she does. She whoops ass. She beats everyone's ass. Jay went for the Queen Slayer. Rose countered it. Jay dove onto Rose. And Rose caught her with the delivered delivered the sit-out powerbomb for the win. After the match. So, Vicky Guerrero, Marie Shafir at the ring. Both of us kind of thought, wait a minute. Marie Shafir kind of looked good with that title. Uh- <laughs> Literally. I sent you that message. Like I was, I, I watched, I'll admit. Yeah. I watched Dark, or not Dark, sorry. Rampage a little late this week. Just because I was watching playoffs and stuff like that. But, um... I, God, sitting on her shoulder, man. It looked good. She looks like a champ. I just gotta say, I'm not sure if you're here while I was talking about the Sheeta match, but when she has, she has some explosive. She has some explosiveness, and I actually can, did catch the part where you're talking about. I I agree that if she if could, we can if she could, that if, up. if either her not or Nyla could bump for that comeback, and maybe she can be taught to do that. That I think that she could absolutely fill that role. I mean, imagine her coming in and hot after you just got Tony Storm tagged in from Thunder Rosa, who was just beat up for ten minutes by Nyla, and just bumping like crazy for who for the baby faces. I mean, I can see that happening. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be great, you know. So like, agreed. So after the match, they all hit the rank. Uh, uh, Vicky. Marina, Nyla, and Vicky holds up a sign that says 1-0, and she starts screaming, yeah, like shaking, and she's just, again, having fun, and the crowd bought into this. This isn't Vicky Guerrero fucking on Dark a couple weeks back. That was just so, like, cringy, and it was awful, and they've completely switched gears. They're now 
just they're gonna have fun with this because I think something tells me they're gonna lean more into Nyla's like funny. Everyone knows Nyla's funny if you follow her on Twitter, if any social media. Nyla's just very funny. You gotta lean into that, and this is a sign to me that they're going to start doing that. So this is your classic steal the belt thing, right? How how are you going to do this against Jade? Well, Jade and the baddies. The music hits. Pretty good, decent reaction. The baddies say, you know what? Let us take charge. Let us go after the security guards. Which, you know, just four independent wrestlers. You know, We all know how this goes. The baddies, they're not getting any, any... They're not getting anywhere. So what does Jade do? Jade storms up and kicks the living shit out of one of these guys. Followed by a brutal punch to this this little blonde girl. She sold it like a million bucks, by the way, because she got fucking clocked. And if you guys remember Jade and Red Velvet, Jade will hit you. This is not, you know, this is a big thing on, uh, what was it, Rose to the Top with uh, Brandy. Jade will fucking lay you out. That's just what she's going to do. She sold that like a million bucks. That other girl caught the elbow to the fucking chin. And then another dude gets laid out. When she hit that first kick, the crowd fucking erupted. I think that was a good sign. This is different. You, this is a different side of Jade. I mean, look, they can't do the same thing over and over and over and over. You've done it 12 times. So with Nyla, they're doing something different. I, how is this going to work out? Who knows? They're chasing the belt. This is something we've seen a thousand times. Yeah. Security goobers laid out. That first kick, I'm not, that is a gift that is going to play on my head and repeat forever. She kicked the fuck. If you guys have not, somehow I have not seen that gift. Just just type in Jade Cargill. You will see it. That motherfucker got knocked. <laughs> I I just, I don't care. The belt, anytime someone steals the champion. To me, I'm just like, you, you don't. But, but, but why? It doesn't make, this doesn't make any sense. Because like, if. Charlie, if we're trying to book this like it's a fucking sport, if you stole the fucking Lombardi trophy from the city that it resides in currently, which, by the way, there's multiple Lombardi trophies anyway, (laughs) but let's just assume there was just one, like the Stanley Cup, right, that actually does get moved around, I think, you know? I don't think they make a new cup every year. Um, If you stole that, I, I, I don't know, like... I, okay, like so. Let's say, let's say they do not move it around every year. You're just stealing one of like if we're, if we're talking about te- teams that have won multiple championships, you're just stealing one of like six or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. If we're talking about it in a real sports context, so if like if you stole the boxing world championship, you would be arrested. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It never has. It never. And so it I never, never will like make this story. Th- these types of things will never make sense. You have to if you're gonna do it. This is now the second time we've seen it because Adam Cole and Fish and O'Reilly did it, and they had the whole celebration with it. If you're gonna do it, you gotta try something. And hey, maybe maybe it'll work with Jade because I'm curious now. Following this fucking scuffle, what what's gonna be the talk? Because when Jade does shit like this, this is what she does that catches people's attention. So it's a different look. Again, they gotta if they're gonna lean into this. You gotta let Nyla be Nyla. I think we can all agree with that. This can't... Remember Adam Cole took the world championship on a fucking talk show? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, a pre-tape segment. Ari Davari explains his offer to Hook. It wasn't to join the Trustbusters. It was 50k for Davari to buy the FGW belt. If Hook has an interest in selling the belt, Davari will beat him for it. Okay. Ethan, 
Ethan Page squashes Isaiah Cassidy. Two minutes. Um, Cassidy missed a senton. Page had a twist of fate. And then the Eagles edge to get Page the win. As a result, Matt Hardy has now joined Hathaway's crew, the firm. Like I said earlier, I'm not, I'm not quite sure where Matt Hardy fits into this. Like, I, like you said, I like kind of like the idea of them fighting from the inside, but that we kind of got that with Wardlow already a little bit earlier this year with MJF. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to do that again but with a group. Eh, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I could see though. I I would love because remember it was originally Andrade that came in and ruined the HFOs, right? So or took yep. it over completely. So I would like to maybe we get a little reverse from that, and it all ends with a Hardy versus Andrade match or something because of the the, the history there. I don't know. Or maybe ooh, here's an idea. Ah, I wish they had signed Dragon Lee, man, because it'd be so great if you. Oh could my run god, that would have been so nice. Andrade, Rush, and Dragon Lee versus Hardy and the and the Private Party. <sighs> what a match! But oh, that would have been so nice. I mean, they could always just bring Dragon back and Lee for another one shot, right? Yeah, why not? He's not signed um, anywhere, so yeah, fuck it. So we get that pre-tape segment. Orange Cassidy's happy, won the eight uh, Atlantic title. He and the best friends want to challenge the triangle, the world trios. How about Tuesday and Dynamite? Dynamite's on Tuesday this week. Orange Cassidy didn't get the memo. All right, our main Respect. event of Rampage. FTR and Sean This Sean's is Rampage, Spears. baby. They, they take on Brian Cage in the gates of agony. Sean Spears called Cage a 900-pound charisma vacuum. Wow. He called himself the perfect 10 in the pre-match, bro. Well, that's a fucking, that's a tough one. I bet Cage probably like, really, bro? You gonna do me like this? Bishop, Khan, and Spears, they started the match. Uh, The crowd's chanting 10. And people are wondering, is he doing this a lot more than he ever has in AEW? Absolutely. He never was the perfect 10 in AEW. He's, He's been the chairman since the jump. This is the first time. He hasn't done this gimmick in like three years, four years. So it's cool. Again, it feels fresh to me. Because he hasn't done it in so long. And I personally, I can't remember how big of a fan you were of this gimmick. I, I really loved it. In I, I never really cared for the 10 part. I just liked him as a wrestler. I always thought he was really good in the ring. I thought he would be a really good mid-carder when he got to the main roster. Same, and he almost was. Him it like seems a, like what they were setting him up for, and they just never used yeah. him, you know? so Never used him. So, they go to the split screen. Oh, man, something happened during a split screen I want to talk about. I think it was last week, though. A lot happened during a split screen segment. In the I know, I know at one week, point. Uh, last week. Oh, yeah, so there's. I've kind of changed my mind about that. You got to give stuff to the crowd, too. I mean, here's the thing, right? If it's something like somebody going through a table or something, yeah, that should probably be on when it's on, right? But uh, somebody, like, running into the stairs or somebody being thrown to the barricade, does that need to be? You can kind of see what is happening with those. You know what I mean? I do agree that I would like everything major to be on TV, but I don't know if it's – I don't know if I'm strict about it as much now because – if you really want to see everything, you can get the fight TV feed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And yeah, this was, I mean, look, this was a fine main event. This was FTR and Spears kind of just beating another team mm-hmm. and more, more along I think the, the lines. Embassy this actually was... looked great here though, man. I'll disagree. I think they actually, I, this is a couple matches in a row. Now we've seen the embassy and FTR working. And I think I thought FTR was giving them a really good match last week, but I think they really stepped up in this one. I think they did their part. Brian cage continuing to fire on all cylinders. Did I think this is, I think this yeah. might be the premier faction of the new Ring of Honor. I'm going to say it now. Okay. Um, other than hey, like the JAS, they're obviously. giving them a shot. But, they're giving so, them the opportunity to earn that. So I, I, I would love to see it. You know what I mean? We got to mention the sharpshooters. Uh, 
Huge oh, yeah, the spot triple sharpshooters. That was a great spot. Getting yep. Prince Nana involved. So Prince Nana can wrestle. I wasn't sure. So, you know, I mean, at least can take a bump. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, like, like sell a move. So that's good. Like that. That's Sean Spears. I don't even know if that was planned, but Sean Spears chucked his ass in the ring and said, nah, we're doing it. FGR hit calm with the heart attack and Spears followed up with the C4 for the pinfall. So Dude, Spears Toa threw the shit out of himself into those steps, by the way. Yeah, he did. Whew. Gotta get the big he, man taken uh, out, though. Hey, hey, good spot to take him out, but is, that looks like it hurt. Oof. What do you think of Khan going by Bishop Khan? I think it works. I like they it. Gotta no, give it's a good name. Good it name. I, I liked Khan. It was cool when he was on his own. I think if he was a solo, I'd like him to be Khan. But now that he's Bishop Khan, obviously just be Bishop Khan. You know what I mean? Because it's a it good works. name. It it's, works, you know what yeah. he sounds like, Charlie? He sounds like a fucking comic book character. Bishop Khan. He really fucking does, man. Sounds like he'd be like, I don't know, like Moon Knight's friend or something. You know what I mean? Former uh, Ring of Honor six man world tag team champ. Hey man, Bishop Khan. I I remember like liking Khan and then also liking Toa and then they tagged him together. I was like, this is a good tag team. And then and they went with Tully and then Tully went away and Prince Nana. You came know, I always in. wonder with Shane Taylor Promotions now, uh, is there any shot that since Khan was in that, you know, mm-hmm. is that that book closed now? Maybe, since? possibly. I mean, yeah. the Embassy doesn't have to last forever. It feels like it could be one of those factions that could fall apart really quickly after they lose if it doesn't. Not this time, but like later down the line, if they lose a major match, it could fall apart. It doesn't feel like a permanent fixture, but we'll see. Yeah. So, um, and after that, the babyface celebration was cut short, but the debuting Maria Canellis Bennett and the Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Maria claimed they built up the Ring of Honor and IWGP tag team titles first. They never get the credit they deserve. They, the members of the embassy jumped FTR and Spears. Kingdom joined in. It was a five-on-three until Wardrobe came in and chased off the heels. So, if the Kingdom have arrived, uh, Matt Taven, former you, yeah, bro, world you know champion. I'm, I, 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 Maria Canellis, fine. I, I, I've heard of Matt Taven. I think I've seen a Matt Taven match. But you know me, though. I'm a fucking, I am a Mike Canellis guy. Like, and... Yeah. I've always been, I remember at the tail end of their run with Impact back before they came back to the WWE, I really I really got excited because I had heard rumors they were going to come over there. I was like, all right, I'm going to check out this guy's matches then. And he actually has some really good matches. Like, I'm really excited to see what they do, you know? Uh, again, this is way overbooked, this entire thing, but... They love doing that. But, you know, whatever. It, I'm sure it'll be something on the paper, the pre-show, the, the probably the next 17 weeks of television will be this, like... I. Maria Canellis, though, um, do you think wrestler just there in like a management role? What do you think? Probably just management. Okay. And this has got a lot of people talking. The I original would like kingdom. to see her interact with the women's division, though. Come on. Yeah. Not, not necessarily fair. in a physical role, but like I would love to see her just roasting some people backstage. <laughs> the original <laughs> kingdom. Haven, Bennett, Cole. Oh. Are are we going back? Maybe Adam eventually. Cole is the founding member of the kingdom. Here's the problem, Charlie. Here's the problem. Adam Cole still has to deal with the fact that the last time we saw him on TV, he beat up the elite. So we have to take care of that, which means yep. probably having to bring back the elite whenever you bring back Adam Cole, whether they're ready, whether you're ready to bring them back or not, just so you can deal with that storyline, you know? Do we bring in a new kingdom? 
Do we do have? Think, do, okay, yeah, because you don't have fish anymore, right? So you can yep. have fish you could have him and O'Reilly just agree to go their separate ways, maybe because he's like, "Hey, man, Kyle, I saw you were really close to a world title shot." He I brings O'Reilly it. into the kingdom with him, and now it's this group. Of I don't four know if you need. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if you need to bring O'Reilly in. Just let O'Reilly go on his singles run because I really still want to see that that singles run that O'Reilly was about to go on before he got injured, dude. Oh. Yeah. I want to see that still, and so I you, you can bring him in if you want, but I would I, I I'm 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 Charlie I'm in I like this idea I I am too so let's hope Cole's all good. There were some uh, reports about you know how bad is his concussion. There was some speculation. No one knows anything yet. I'm hoping he's all right. We love Adam Cole here, and yeah, so it's an Adam Cole baby pod. Adam Cole bye bye. This was a hot episode of Rampage, man. This was fun. Um, and I'm glad we're getting more live rampages, even though this one was technically taped. I want to say Thursday. This was I, I don't think this was immediately following Dynamite. So cool. Next week, let's jump into it. Tuesday, we have AEW Dynamite. Moxley defends against Hangman. AEW Women's Champion Tony Storm defends against Hikaru Shida. ROH Champion Jericho defends against Dalton Castle. Trios Champions Def Triangle defend against Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. All four of those interest the shit out banger of Banger after banger after banger after banger. Well put. Rampage. Hook versus Ari Divari FTW title. Are we going to let Hook get like a 10-minute match? Are we going that route? Maybe. I hope so. Three, That'd be awesome. Let's squash. go. Let, I'm down. Let's do it. Send and then Preston Vance versus Roosh. Let Vance cook. Yeah, Don't do let it. this be like a four-minute We've seen thing. Vance cook at least once, and he did okay. I'd like he to see okay. against Roosh. I bet Roosh challenges this guy. So let's see it. Agreed. This could be good. Man, that that's it for us, Garrett. That that is it for us this week. Yep. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We we posted this on Sunday this week. So yeah, Tuesday Dynamite. Um, I mean, I'm pretty excited for a Tuesday Dynamite, actually. Charlie, all things considered, it's time. So, Send Sunday the night. Yanks packing, boys. We got to get the Yanks packing tonight's the penultimate penultimate Yankees episode. Of- pack smoke up, everybody. Smoke them if you got them. And then tonight we got the penultimate episode of House of the Dragon. If you guys, if any of you guys are watching that, AW had a show about it. Who will be the in. king now that the spoilers? <laughs> we got the yeah, that's right. We're gonna get a new king. We got fuck. I mean, we had She Hulk end this week. We had Rings of Power. Dude, I need this to week. catch up on everything else. I I ba- I didn't bail on She Hulk. I just kind of fell off. Like now that it's all out, it's a really easy watch. I mean, it's yeah, like no, I think that's what episodes. I was trying to do. I was waiting. I was like, you know what? I like the first four episodes, four in a row. I let's see the last however many or but last three or four, like I, however many were left. You know what I mean? I was like, I'll watch the yeah. rest of these in a row. We'll see. So that'll be it for us, guys. Um, next week we'll be back. We'll be talking some of the goodies. Hopefully, we're we're celebrating the Guardians in the uh, ALCS. And uh, oh, yeah, the we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Vision. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>